The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome back to part two of my interview with Candace Cook-Simmons. Believe it, conceive it, achieve it. How to lead a disruption with style. So we've been talking about some academic things, about your career, your cases, about the um, legal industry. So now we're going to go we're gonna go deep. We're going to dive deep into the suit beyond the suit, not into your suit. No, we're not going to get into your suit, darling. I mean, you're beautiful, but we're not going to get into your suit. We're going to go beyond the suit, right? So let's talk about... Your fashion, your style, your beauty. Okay. Okay. Tell me something that almost nobody agrees with you on, but that you will defend to the bitter end. Well, this is not necessarily on me, but this is my child. (laughs) I use a cream to flatten his curls, and he looks like a mini... I mean, we call him Sherman when we do his hair like this, and everyone's like... Why are you shellacking your child's Shellac. hair and not just letting him have his curls? But the thing is, the thing is curls are powerful. They right. bounce back. Yes. But when he leaves, I feel like he looks like such a little scholar <laughs> if I just part it and have it laying I down. Slick it down with a side part. And I mean, I laugh so hard, but I take him home to the South yes. and they're like, what, what is happening with your child's hair? Is that what you all are doing in New York? And I'm like, I'm committed. I know he looks like his name is Sherman. Shout out to all the Shermans in the world. Oh, right. I'm not going to stop. So shellacking my son's hair down to his head, like he's about to go and file all of our taxes, is pretty much. They're like, he's two. Give him some childhood. Oh, my goodness. So that's where it. I'm sure he appreciates it. I love it. It looks so good in pictures. I will never regret it. Okay. I'm committed to the shellacking and the shea butter in his hair. Yes. So you mentioned your this hair cream for your son and the shea butter. What about you, beauty product-wise? Name three products you absolutely love and cannot live without. You could brands or no brands. Oh my goodness, I cannot live without and I know that they exist. So let's just think about this. Okay. okay. I most definitely I use uh what is it? Is it Estee Lauder? What what is it? No, it's um well, I use a contour stick, and I okay. can't even think 2.5. What is it? It was definitely Mac? 2.5. No, it wasn't MAC. But speaking of MAC, yeah. I use a MAC concealer. <laughs> okay. I swear by it. It's in a pot. Okay. And it's amazing. So I, I legit, if I only were allowed to have three things I would want on my face, yes. I would want after it's like properly clean. Like, yes. can I have a deep c- extraction or I would need more? So okay. if my face is starting <laughs> off in a good place. Yes. I swear by the MAC Pot. Yes. A L'Oreal Voluminous Mascara. Okay. And then I use a YSL lip gloss. Okay. And in a perfect world, I like a black waterline 
even though right like now cat I, probably, eye eyeliner. I probably right now look yeah. like someone's punched me twice. No, I'm not, not at all. Free, but when I'm not sweating and it's opinion, not humid, <laughs> then I am a lover of a waterline eyeliner. But if I had to say, like, I cannot live without it. Oh, my gosh. Why doesn't everyone use this? What is my diehard product? Definitely the MAC Pot. Okay. And NARS Tinted Moisturizer. Okay. With SPF. I was going to say with or without SPF. I use I use SkinCeuticals SPF and I use NARS SPF. And okay. I am a believer in anything that stops hyperpigmentation. Yes. Claims and retinol. Yes. So that's kind of my thing. Okay. I do use a retinol and I had to give it I up agree. during pregnancy. Yes, and course. it was the end of days. <laughs> and then your son was born. And, you and then he was born. <laughs> and you and went I was right like, back I'm to sorry it. that I look like a Sharpay, <laughs> but I wasn't able to hook myself up with because they told me it would cause you to have nine heads. But And I would have loved you with all of those, all heads, of those heads and wrinkle free. And your shellac hair. And, my, and your shellac cutie. hair. What a but cutie. That's, those, those are the products I really love. Okay. This question may or may not be related, but. Have you had any failures? And if so, like ones that were transformative. And if so, um, what did you learn from them? And I'll let you answer that before my next. Yes. And of course, when I try and think about what those failures you are, can't I'm like, I can't about think of them. them. But I've had them. plenty. I could do a book on failing, failing fast, failing You are superhuman, Candice. I, so, so for sure, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, intuitively, the failures that matter most are never the professional ones. They always tend to be the relationship Personal, ones. yes, of course. And so I can think of, I, I think, yes, one relationship failure yeah. I was so much younger, so that's yeah. part of the difference. But it was transformative in that it made me a better communicator. I think what shocks people is that I'm a great communicator in life. In life. But in relationships, yeah. I can sit. I have a friend named Simone. Yes. And I've been with her, not like on a date, but yes. we're just someplace. And yes. she asks such inquisitive and thought-provoking yeah. questions yeah. and I'm like you are such a great communicator like yeah. this is amazing a yes. date with you would be awesome whereas yes. my questions are just not that deep but this relationship because I think we were both so poor at communicating mm. and after it it made me just say one time is fleeting yes. and so let's Say what's on our mind and yeah. say how we feel. And yeah. adults can handle it and children can't. Well, right. I'm not supposed to be in relationships with children. So right. let's just get it all out there. <laughs> right. And so I'm really upfront and honest. There's no gray. Yeah. And that was, I mean, the relationship itself was definitely a failure. <laughs> but it was transformative in <laughs> that I learned how to be a better human being yep. from it. And so that was really good. Failing with work and life. Uh, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure. The The short answer is yes, I'm sure that I failed professionally. Was it transformative? I think what I learned the most is when I left my job as mm -hmm. a corporate litigator, mm -hmm. I was not ready in my mind fully to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so I was tiptoeing. Yeah. I, I was starting the business, yes. but I also would take meetings and people would say, you know, let's talk. We sh you should come and work here. Right. And if you were firmly trying to be an entrepreneur, yeah. the answer is no. I'm right. not looking. Right. And not because you're not keeping your options open, but right. this is one of those things where you go all in and you don't do or it. you don't, right. And I would walk away and, you know, I would get offers and there were all of these talks and I would say, but they don't want me to do X, Y, Z. Mm. They want me to do this. And right. my dad said, well, it's their business. So, yeah. Right. 
they don't want you to do it. But why are you not starting your own? Like why you don't need someone to tell you that you can do beat this hybrid model. Right. Create it yourself. And yeah. if you're saying that you're not willing to do that, then I can appreciate them saying, well, then do it our way here. Yes. And that was what made Change me things. one say, let's dive all the way in or not do it. Yeah. And two, stop dating myself. Because I felt like I was dating my opportunity, but not marrying Sometimes it. I say you have to date yourself you know, you know, before really you can love yourself. <laughs> that is so true. Right? Yeah. So that's what I, I was dating myself. And I needed yeah. to marry and fully commit yeah. to this plan. Right. And that's what I did. And I, I, it changed everything. Yes. Because I stopped wasting. I wasn't going to waste my time. I wasn't going to waste my Somebody money. I wasn't going to waste yeah. my energy. And it just, it made all the difference. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, it could be about yourself, it could be about life, it could be about something you learned, it could be a mantra, it could be a warning, anything. If you could have a billboard on Main Street USA, what would it read? Oh gosh, timing is everything. Right now, if I could pay truthfully for a billboard, yeah. it would probably... <laughs> be the drawing of the little girl that you I don't even know who the artist is but I saw it today it's a little girl and then the person said the little girl underneath it there's language so you see this little girl's face yes two plaits or two braids yes and she's in a cage and she says don't worry all lives matter people will be coming for us soon oh boy and that's really the billboard that I would put out there I mean right now I think that's I'm very concerned about not even political ideology. I think humanitarian yeah. issues and just humanity and moving partisanship aside and saying that the decency by which we treat our children yeah. and once every child is ours, I don't even think there should be geographic boundaries for caring about the sanctity of just pure decency towards children. Real and humanity. I mean, this is it's it's it shocks the conscience. And so my billboard would sort of be a reminder that there are children as young as four months who have been taken from their parents. And where are we? Where are we, world? So yeah. it would that would be the billboard. Like, you guys, who are we? And who are we professing to be? And if we aren't the people that we hold ourselves out to being, then we don't need to vote on Tuesdays. We need to sit and revamp because we don't honor our constitution, we don't honor ourselves, and we certainly don't honor civilization. Yeah. And We've gone so, very far. We've gone very far. So on that note, um, <clears throat> I imagine you're in the business of conflict resolution. Yes. And there is quite a bit of conflict in the world right now. If you could um, either create something, invent something, or just have one sort of magical tip, if you will, to help heal the world, what would that be? What would it be to make the world a better place? What would it take? A moral compass. I would probably, if I had to create one thing and there were no realms of the universe that that weren't possible, you know, if we could marry fantasy to reality, a literal moral compass where yeah. people were wearing their moral compasses and it would show you clear as day when you were going astray. Even an alarm. Yeah. Abort mission. <laughs> Abort mission. You are better than this. History is yeah. repeating itself. Stop. Yeah. So a, a moral compass. And then you know, I think, I don't think we're all sheep. So this idea of a leader being this answer, I never mm -hmm. think is, is strictly the answer. I think we all have to be leaders yeah. within our own right. 
spaces, but I do think that the tone of the rhetoric. Absolutely. And I, I think leadership does, look, when you want, you chop the, the demon off at the head, right? And so I would like to see greater leadership and not just leadership here. Leadership that's respected globally because yeah. we are a global society. Yes, and we are. so having leadership, I like the idea of multilingual leaders. Mm-hmm. I think there is something really telling when the United States is sitting at the table and we are the ones who are not able to communicate and everyone else is going in and out yeah. of their own yeah. language. Interesting, isn't it? And, and and I think it just shows, I mean, we're the youngest nation. So it's, we're given a pass, but we are yeah. not given a pass to make the same mistakes over and over, over again and over. when we don't even have the historical trajectory. We haven't gone through a first cycle yet. We, we don't have the right to make the same mistakes this early. Other countries... We have a responsibility to do it well, to do it better each we, time. We were supposed to be the final yeah. draft, yeah. right? And we are not a good final draft. And right. so we have a lot of work to do. So yeah. I would like to see that. I like that. Moral compass. If you could have dinner with anyone or any one to three people, who would they be? One to three people. Yes. I would like to have dinner with Sonia Sotomayor. Oh, gosh. I would like to have... Amazing. Diana Ross. <laughs> oh, yeah. Epic. Legendary. Legendary. <laughs> and I would like to have truthfully, gosh, I'm torn. Definitely. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I only get one, and I'm kind of like, who gets who's the extra I know. person at my table? <laughs> Honestly, I, I would... Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Okay, I'm picking a person. I really like the first two. Yes. And I kind of want to have a man at this table as well. And I'm inclined. Yes. Truthfully to say Malcolm X is who I would wow. have Wow. Go for it. I like that. Sonia Sotomayor, Diana Ross, and Malcolm S. What, what an ama- What a very interesting. We are going to have fun <laughs> have at fun. this table. table. This is going to be an amazing <laughs> table. I'm here for this table. Okay. I hope I get invited. In fact, I'm like, heaven, you have a high order. <laughs> Beauty. Yes. How do you define it? Inner peace and integrity love that's beautiful because I feel like people who have that everything else they can make work yeah they will find a way to make it work and even if their aesthetic may not be my aesthetic they're owning it right they have inner peace and so suddenly something that I would totally not be into like wow that looks amazing right I love it right when in my head I'm like well no I am I probably would never rock it of course because I couldn't but right. I love it on you right because you are killing it right and so I think those two things inner peace and integrity would you define success in a similar way it's so subjective but I believe that true success allows you to sleep well at night literally and figuratively Like you are, you can sleep well and your basic needs are covered. Yes. But then you also feel good about the life that you have. You know, you don't have, we all have internal angst from time to time. I think that's normal. Yes. But I do think if you can sleep well, that's a gift. And that's, that's success in so many ways. I like it. What are your tips for managing career, marriage, motherhood, life, 
friends, other relationships, entrepreneurship. Shall I go on? <laughs> Woo! I know. Don't listen to me. No. <laughs> my, we are. My tips. I do not think you can pour from an empty vessel. And so self-care. Take care self-care, of yourself. Self-care, 100%. And, and when I say that, I really mean... You can say yes to however many people you need to say yes to, but you've got to say yes to yourself first. And if you find yourself always getting the no, you have to start giving out more no's. Uh, So I think, and that's across the board. No guilt. I think Mm -hmm. guilt is just, I mean, it serves no one. If you don't really want to do it, just don't. Right. Uh, And those are hard choices and they're not always easy. And sometimes we have to do things that we're uncomfortable with. But then if they're really the right decisions, that's fine. But then don't feel guilty about it. Right. We have to just, you know, I I think we put so much pressure on ourselves and there's mom guilt and wife guilt. And I actually had that we were going to be imperfect in our marriage in my wedding vows. Like that (laughs) is like that. That's got to be the parameter. That's the truth. Like if we start this off making false promises, we are really setting ourselves up. For failure. This is going to be a scenario of cluster madness (laughs) and just like know who you're getting. Right. And so, I mean, he didn't okay that, but it was there. He he agreed to it once I I said it. I I think that at a certain point, and it's different for everyone, you have to be really honest about what it is you want and you can't apologize for it. And you also have to be really honest about what you want to give. Right. And you have to be purposeful in that too. And then those, your word alignment, Mm -hmm. I think is just so critical because that's it. It's saying, I mean, there's some relationships that are supposed to end and we we, I don't even think I'm not of the mindset that you should mourn those relationships, but I think people should do what they want to do. Yeah. I think when relationships are supposed to end across the board, whether yes. they're friendships or, you know, relationships with family members that really just are destroying you. I mean, I hear so much and I think life is too short for that. There's mm-hmm. either we're going to have peace and let it go, or it's, this peace actually eats away at me. Yeah. This is not peace. This is peace for you, and it's a pass. But I like life is not best served just giving people passes. And I'll say what the lesson. I went to a, a woman named Tova Klein who mm. teaches about toddlers at Barnard. Okay. And I went really to learn about navigating with my son. Okay. And in it, he had gone to a play date. And I mean, we set these kids up to fail because they will always tell you never do play dates at someone else's home because the, you're, that child who's hosting is really having to relinquish all of their things. Ah. And so it's difficult. It is there. Yes. So they have a right to say mine. Yeah. yeah. And so when my son would play with something and his little friend would take the item, I would just say, well, that's okay. Just pick up another toy. Just pick up another toy. Because one, we're in, like, those are her things. And two, I didn't want him to be so, I wanted him to share. Right. But in my mind, he kept looking at me and kind of like, okay, so is this how it's supposed to go? And I was essentially saying, yeah, it is. Yes, you were conceding. Yes. And so with Tova Klein, I said, I'm worried about how I navigated a situation. This is what happens, I tell her. And she said, yeah, you didn't. She didn't say you did it wrong. She said, well, look. Children don't know. Second children, third children, they learn because they have older siblings. They right. will learn by interacting with other kids. But right. first children and only children are learning the world alone. Yes. You set up what happens. And when your child has something and they want it and they have a right to have it, trying to teach a two-year-old to share doesn't make sense. No. They don't get the concept. Yeah. You teach him to hold it a little tighter. Mm. It's okay to hold it a little tighter. It's yours right now. Now, you will have to share at some point. Yes. But you're playing with it. 
it's okay. Hold that a little tighter and you can teach him no. And I think all of us, when we are dealing with our serenity and our peace and our boundaries, we have to hold on to hold it a little tighter. We don't have to keep relinquishing that power. There is power in no. It is okay to say, I actually need this to be at peace and to feel respected and to feel heard. And it's okay to hold that a little tighter. And so that's how I think we navigate life. The things you value, the people you value, the life you value, you hold that a little tighter. But then you also operate from a place of abundance. Like there is enough for everyone. And you can release that part because you can't receive or give with an, you know, a closed hand. And so those two things definitely hold it a little tighter, yeah. but then know when to release. Speaking of holding on to things a little tighter, this is actually a little bit more academic of a question, but I wanted to ask you recently the loss, well, not recently, years ago, the lawsuit over red bottom shoes, um, mm-hmm. the Mexican government and, you know, the issue over uh, Carolina Herrera taking inspiration from the culture. Um, can fashion brands actually protect their inspiration? And how, how is that going to play out in the future? Is it going to, um, you know, put a damper on creativity? What's going on? So the interesting thing about fashion and art is so much of it is cyclical. And so I always think it's critically important when we think about who the true and the beginning inspiration is that served as the catalyst for something. And what's unique is the expression of that, right? And so how an artist or a designer chooses to express how they are inspired is definitely something that they can hold and maintain. But then what designers have to truly do is be very respectful of how they're gleaning inspiration. If you are taking fabric or... uh, jewelry embroidery or from indigenous people yeah and are not sharing the wealth providing i i think there is it may seem like it's enough to do a little moniker on a yeah. website that right. says and this is from you right. know insert name yeah. that's actually not enough because yeah. if the fashion actually has context and yeah. for them it means death or it's how you honored a relative and an yeah. entire tribal history is right. denoted by the fat the fabric that you thought was cute <laughs> right uh, It's not enough. And so when you seek to support and also protect via intellectual property or essentially saying that there's theft or getting upset when fast fashion steals from you and essentially you may have stolen from an appropriated culture, that's a very vicious cycle. I think it's a fine line. I do believe that creatives and designers and people who build – industries upon it have the right to monetize yeah. their their creation and their creativity and that is true yes i also think that two things can be true at the same time and we have to be conscientious we meaning them about where we're getting this idea yeah. from and what communities are harmed from it you yeah. know the greatest influencers right now in terms of fashion and trends and brands yes. comes from black women. That actually is statistically proven. Uh, yet they are the community that receives the least amount of funding on the funding, front end. capital, acknowledgement. And support, <laughs> support, right? That's why it was such a big deal when Gucci... And Dapper and, Dan. Yes, came wow. together. Major. That was a critical moment. That was, yeah. uh, it's, that was a shift. It was a huge shift, but you don't see it consistently across the board. And you also realize that if we don't have voices at the table, which a lot, you know, Gucci and Prada are now attempting to have these think tanks where individuals can come and give them appropriate advisory so that they're not 
harming through, you know, there's a, a level of conversation about how much is ignorance. Right. And another is, okay, you may have people at the table, but if they aren't given the agency by which to speak or they don't right. have the authority to speak, they're not right. going to shoot or down the idea. Or help make decisions. That it's, they're just, they are really just a body. Yeah. And you are not served by having just a body. You really need to have people who are going to give you intellectual thought and agency in terms of how to roll out these strategies. So should designers be able to protect? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I think that design teams have to be very mindful of what they are seeking to protect right. and whose right it is and what, in terms of what they're protecting. Headdresses for Burning Man right. are arguably offensive and probably don't need to be worn. And for those who, and I've been in rooms where people will say, People have been dressing with headdresses since the beginning of time. Right. My question is always, were your people dressing in headdresses Interesting. from the beginning of time? If that is true for you, then wear with it. what you are choosing to wear, right. then that is yours. Yeah. For anyone else, just be mindful of yeah. the choice yeah. before you make it and then be able to substantiate a reason beyond your own hubris as to why that was so important. Very interesting. Still conversation, work in progress, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In your opinion, what's the, what's the future of social media? Where is it going? I mean, I just feel as if it keeps just revving up and there's always a new app and a, and a new, you know, social media. It's, it's crazy. For the sake of the future, I mean, I, my gut reaction, I think, for humanity sometimes is down, right? <laughs> it's going down. That is not going to happen. No. Um, I think... AI is going to play a huge role I think so in too. all of this. I think right? so too, especially and in the beauty industry. I mean, it's it's going to shift so much because people have become very comfortable with releasing all of their privacy, which no I think kidding. is dangerous. It's something that we should have stopped years ago, uh, and we're not we're not better served for it. We're actually no. tremendously harmed on a legal standpoint, on a personal standpoint. There are doctors who have Alexa in their offices. Yeah, it is a HIPAA violation, right? And no one sat around and said, actually don't do that right. because they're like, you are setting yourself up absolutely for a class action lawsuit yep. off of an innocent thing that shouldn't be recording you. But now everyone's having conversations like, exactly. of course it's recording. Yes, you. of course it is. And so that freedom, I mean, we do it for a sake of ease. I've given up my eyes because I have clear, I've given up my fingerprints because I'm a lawyer. Like oh I gosh, am essentially yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, you are in the matrix. Candace. I am legit in the matrix. <laughs> And so it's always funny to me that the, the more we adapt into that, the more comfortable and we're like frogs being boiled yeah. in slowly simmering water and they're just turning it up. So when I think about what social media is going to be doing, there are things I love. I like the ability for commerce. I yes. don't like the lack of ownership of individuals. Right. right. I mean, there are so many people who have, I mean, I'd say that the majority, most people don't know what they've even signed up for. Right. So yeah. I remember when I said I was going to close down one of my sites, on social media, and someone said, what will you do with all your contacts? And I'm like, have you read the actual agreement that I signed? I actually can download all that and put everyone in a newsletter, and yeah. it's not spam. Right. They handed it away. Yeah. And so who's going to complain? Like, right. you're, on the, you're on the site. Right. You gave away that right. Actually, they own the intellectual property of your pictures. Like, people aren't looking at that. So what I hope is that we will have a more in-tuned Congress, because yeah. I'm not looking for control and power by people who don't even understand what they're seeking to control. Right. I thought the congressional that hearings the with Facebook were a joke. Uh, 
It was, I mean, a pathetic joke. <laughs> and so what I'm hoping is that you will have astute leadership who are able to draft laws and regulations. I mean, you know, the, one of the early investors has an entire book about breaking up a monopoly. Is that necessary? I don't know. I yeah. haven't read his book enough. I obviously don't have the internal understanding of the organization to know mm -hmm. that it needs to be broken. I do know this. The system is broken yeah. and not just one entity, an right. entire alignment. When yeah. you start mixing currency, particularly how people are spending their money, and we run the risk of becoming what China became with the CAMs that can essentially affect your bank rating if you wow. jaywalk. Wow. Do we want that? Uh, no. Voting on the because blockchain. I, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it, they are your whole citizen rating can now, because, I mean, it, the willingness looks like this. People, when they did that age progression, uh, Instagram slash Facebook type of game where it show, show me 10 years ago. Yeah. People happily uploaded two sets of pictures. My mind didn't go to, let's show people that I haven't aged. My mind went to, if you were trying to figure out if your system for facial recognition was able to age people properly, what's the best way to get all the data? Right. Have, Have people, people upload their pictures? It was a giveaway. People oh just my gave their, their pictures away. But people away, don't think about it on that, that level. It's sold. Like it's, we know that it's sold. We know that it's, it's so bizarre that the idea of if it's a free product, you are the product, has not penetrated into yeah. a grander society. And so my hope to answer your question is that people start to appreciate what this all looks like before they're collectively harmed. Yeah. I don't want it to have to be a situation where something egregious happens to all of us, right. other than a stolen election. Like, then they're done that. <laughs> uh, we know about that. I don't want it to be something like that where we all go, wait a minute, why were we all okay with this? I yeah. don't want that to happen. So my hope for social media, not just a Facebook or an Instagram or a Twitter. I yeah. think Twitter really needs to work on its harassment. I, I think they need to fix that Quickly, yes. women are statistically trolled more. They're threatened people SWAT, so they have individuals going to people's homes, which seems innocent, but if you're on Twitter and you have pe people trolling you and they send a SWAT team with guns to your home or your job, right? It's, I mean, these are real-life issues that yes, people are, are not addressing day-to-day, -day, and right. it's terrifying. And yeah. so what I hope is that we have a better checks and balances, that we yeah. don't keep treating this like young startups and kids yeah. who are playing around. These are corporations yeah. with all of our data. And very powerful. And we need to figure out how we want to address it. And, and we also need to pay attention. When I saw Mark Zuckerberg with the block over his camera, which yeah. is brilliant, yeah. of course, I started thinking, everyone else isn't even paying attention to the fact that they should do it. Do you know what I receive in a swag bag at every tech conference I attend? Everyone hands you. A screen cover. That's the main thing. Wow. I have like nine million screen covers yeah. to go over my laptop so that my camera portal isn't open. Yeah, people are walking around with Wi-Fi cameras in their kids' rooms, Nest showing their ring. Like we give up everything yeah. and we don't ask for anything. Anything in return. And right. that's the shift. The shift has to be that the consumer recognizes that a brand only exists as much as we are willing to patronize it Agreed. and really utilize our power for collective good. And right. we have a long way to go. I think so too. Well, if content is king, then data must be queen. Data is God. Right. right <laughs> data is God. Data is God right now. Well, 
Candace Cook Simmons. Last three questions. Okay. So these are some of my favorite questions because I tend to ask them of everyone, and it's so fascinating, um, some of the answers. So the first one is, what is the most significant thing you've learned from someone else? And the second one is, what is the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself? The most interesting thing I've learned from someone else is to show up. My godmother showed up. She is deceased, but Rest she was present in every way and in, in, in her full self. And so it really, even if I only saw her three times a year, yeah. I felt her. And I mean, her children are grown now. Yes. But I remember spending the night at their house and she would have Polaroids because they were going to swim camp or to go do something. And so they were going to be gone when I got up. Yes. And they would have Polaroids of them as little kids all throughout the house, (laughs) written on ink in the white spot. Yeah. Have a great day. We miss you. And so just the thoughtfulness and really just making life amazing. So showing up and and bringing joy unsolicited, like not because it's a birthday. And unconditional. Just loved it. And then the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself thus far. And this I learned this as a byproduct of what someone else said to me. One of my dearest friends said, go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. And Ooh. I realized that I flourish when I use that as my parameter of where wow. I spend my time and how I spend my time. That is so deep. Go where you are celebrated. Energy is so transformative. I think energy is one of the things you, you must protect. You know when people bring out your best self. Yeah, because you know how you feel as your best self. And I know how I feel internally. When I, you do this, you are a light. (laughs) I know how I feel when I do a sigh and a silent prayer about the room that I'm going to be in. Like, dear God, be with me, monitor all of my presence and get me out as fast as I can. (laughs) And when I'm like, I, I could melt in these people, the people who bring out the laughter and the joy and make you rise to the occasion because yes. they bring out your best self. And so I love that. That is where I, I, I've realized that I am at peace and joyous when I do that and I do it unapologetically and it just has revamped my calendar and my time. Yes. And I'm better for it. I, I or at love least that. I feel better for yes, it. Yes. And that's the most <laughs> no important, right? That's the most important. People think. But. Right. No, not that that matters. <laughs> I, you know, I've never heard that, but I have felt that it's so many times in my life. But you, you and your friend put the, put the words to it. Go where you're celebrated and not where you're tolerated. Yeah. That makes a huge difference. I, I firmly believe that your energy and the energy that you surround yourself with must be fiercely protected. Yes. I tell people that all the time. Yep. So that's good. Last question. And I'm going to preface it with with a few things that you said earlier. The question is, what are your top five recommendations for living the most fabulous and beautiful life ever? And earlier you said, say yes to yourself. Then you said, um, there is no, there is power in the word no. And then you said something about alignment. Make sure everything that you do is in alignment with what you want. Would those be three of your top five, or do you have? A separate top five. I think those are great. <laughs> you said them. So those were three. So. Wow, that's perfect. So, and then the last two. Two more, two more yeah. Two more. So I think travel frequently oh. as much as you can. Yes. And with as many 
different perspectives as possible Agreed. and as much so out of your comfort zone so that your comfort zone really just becomes wherever you are. Yes. And then the last one. Gosh, okay, so travel and the most, your most fabulous life. Yes. Truthfully, holistic literacy. So whatever your spiritual beliefs are, religious or otherwise, yes. I think being truthful to what that looks like for you and then financial literacy. Like oh. in a like I believe that having your soul clean, but nothing will stress someone out like a busted bank account. <laughs> and so yes, you if are you want absolutely to live right. your most fabulous life, oh my gosh. get your finances in order. And if that means so sacrifice, sacrifice. If that means revamp and start all over, revamp and start all over. Like there is That's no real. inner peace in living a lie. That's so right. just get that all together. Agreed. And you just feel better because you yeah. can really be when the day comes when you're like, actually, no, I won't be joining you because I can't, <laughs> it actually feels better than going and then being sick that right. you did it because right. you knew you had no business there. Right. And so I I truly believe that those two, they're like two sides of the same coin in a right. very bizarre way. Yes. Like your soul together, but then your pennies together too. Yes, it's true. I believe in that. Holistic literacy, spiritual and financial wellness, if you will. Financial wellness is the truth. But you know, there's some people, um, spiritual people who believe that you know, in see, being on the path to spirituality has nothing to do with finances. I disagree 100%. Well, here's the thing. I think that prosperity preachers have ruined it for so many people. Prosperity preachers. Uh, like, they've ruined it for everyone. I don't think that because you want to talk about God, you should be destitute. Like, I am not of that mindset. But Neither I also I, yeah. believe that... There is a, this weird juxtaposition of a life of purpose necessarily means that you have to be wealthy, which I don't think is true. Right. I think, no. But I, I think people have to be able to make those decisions on their own. But I also don't believe that you should be asking them not serving their full needs, right? right. And so when people say that we don't think that you should be financially where you need to be – in alignment with your religion, that's actually not biblically true. Right. Tithing re- didn't just talk about taking money from the top, and that's assuming people are Christian. Like there are so many different faiths, so many different that have faiths, a different yeah. way of looking at it. Yes. So I'm only speaking from one perspective, but I do know this: if your time, your talent, and your finances are a part of it, and if they say give what belongs to, like you are supposed to give your part and then keep your own, of but course. you are also supposed to be keeping your own in a. A variety of ways. Yes. And that means being able to take care of yourself, being able to take care of others, and being able to give back to society. Right. And that can be volunteerism. Right. That can be financial. But right. no one is best served by living a situation where you don't feel at peace. And most marriages break up over money. Children's medical health can be financially dispersed. It's not because that's the right thing that should happen, but that's the world that we're living in. And we want to set people up for as many successes as they can have. And if they sleep better at night when the lights are actually on, I would like for them to have the lights on. Agreed. I love it. You know, oxygen mask, put yours on first. Put yours on first. (laughs) There is no crime in being comfortable and also being able to be comfortable without having to sacrifice Absolutely everything. I mean, there is there is a travesty in the fact that so many people are able to live comfortable lives because someone else is taking a bus all day and away from their kids all night and having to work seven jobs. Like, that's not equity either. But, no, there's no but. Full stop. 
With that being said, the reason those sacrifices are being made is because of the recognition that they want their children to eat and they want them to be able to have choices that they did not have. And that comes from financial security. And so I will never devalue the road that people have to take all of the various roads for them to have financial security financial security in a capitalist country. We have not shifted that yet. And so until and unless we do, then yeah, I want you to be able to be comfortable and to be able to make choices that are not dictated to you, but that you decide. Those are definitely five fabulous recommendations. You've been listening to Candace Cook-Simmons Esquire on Stylish Disruption. And this podcast was dedicated to boldness, I believe, You are quite bold. I will take it. Bold. (laughs) I love it. For visuals and more fab tips, please follow us on Forever Fab MD. And also, we'll be tagging Candace Cook-Simmons and her websites and her various projects, so you'll be able to find out more when you tune in. Thank you for listening to this week's Forever Fab podcast episode. Until next time, stay beautiful inside and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.